it's Scarlett again. Welcome back to the Retro Cinema Review Podcast. This time we are going to delve into a television show, um, which is always fun because I just want to go episode by episode. Um, A lot of times I just fall in love with these characters, and Big Love is definitely one of those shows. Either you love them, you hate them, (laughs) um, or you are intrigued by them and can't wait to see what these people do next. Um, So Big Love is actually a fairly recent show. It premiered on HBO March 12th of 2006. So the premise of Big Love is it follows a man named Bill Henriksen. Bill is a mainstream polygamist, extremely rare, huh? (laughs) Who wants to remain true to, quote, the principle, which is the principle of plural marriage in his religion. But he also wants to live a mainstream suburban Salt Lake City lifestyle. The show is starring Bill Paxton, Gene Triplehorn, Chloe Sevigny, and Jennifer Goodwin. This show would go on to run for five seasons, 53 episodes, and help to launch the career of Amanda Seyfried as well as showcase various talented and established actors. There's also some other notable names that appear in the show. Aside from the main characters, there is Joel McKinnon Miller, Grace Zabriskie, Bruce Dern, Harry Dean Stanton, and Mary Kay Place. Now, you may not recognize those names right off the bat. You will recognize their faces and go, hey, I've seen that face before. Um, I will link to everyone's IMDb page in the show notes um, so you can find out where you've seen them before. Now, as I said, our main characters, we have Bill Henriksen. He is the head of this family. Barbara Henriksen, Nicolette Grant, and Marjean Heffman. Now, Bill is the patriarch of the family. He is the owner of Henriksen Home Plus, which is like a big box home improvement store. Um, It's located and headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah. Bill has three wives, Barb, Nikki, and Margie. Um, He is, at this time, the father of a total of seven children. Um, Bill was born and raised on a polygamous compound, which is titled the United Effort Brotherhood, or for short, the UEB. And as an adult, he still has ties to the compound where his family lives, even though he chooses to live a suburban lifestyle. But whenever the subject or anything from the compound leaks into their suburban life, you can tell Bill kind of does not want anything to do with it, but he feels tied to his family. So there's always a conflict there for him and the compound. Barbara, or Barb, as she is known, is Bill's first wife. She is a teacher by profession. Um, She currently works as a substitute teacher, so she can primarily be home for her three biological children, Ben, Sarah, and Tansy, or Teeny as she's called. Barb is the manager and kind of ringleader of the other wives and has earned the nickname Boss Lady. Barb seems to me like someone who is very type A, very organized, She has a specific way that she thinks everything should be handled from keeping the house organized to finances to children to getting dinner on the table on time to, you know, doing your best at work every day. Barb is very much a leader, and I can always see sometimes a little bit of judgment creep in for Barb when it comes to the other wives. Wife number two is Nicolette, or Nikki Grant. She is, as I said, Bill's second wife. She is a stay-at-home mom to her two sons, Wayne and Raymond. 
Now, Nikki was also born on the UEB compound and is one of the daughters of Roman Grant. And Roman Grant is the current leader or head or what they call the, quote, prophet of the UEB. Nicolette is interesting. She has a very sneaky nature about her. You always feel like you're not getting the full story or something kind of smoke and mirrors, something underhanded is going on. And I'm not quite sure if that's just her personality or that's how she truly is. Um, Nikki is also the one who still kind of feels a pull. And you'll notice she's the one who always wears usually cowboy boots, long denim skirts, and long-sleeved button-down shirts. She's kind of the most conservative dresser, usually has her hair pulled back in a long braid. Then we come to wife number three, Margine, or Margie as she's known. Um, Margie is also a stay-at-home mom. She has two toddlers, Aaron and Lester. She's the youngest, the most energetic, playful, very gregarious. <laughs> um, Margie's kind of a big kid in a lot of ways. Um, you could see she is nowhere near a barb when it comes to running a house um, or being organized or knowing how to you know, properly care for her children. Everything for Margie is kind of by the seat of her pants, and you can tell she's just still learning. And you can also tell she tries to learn from Barb. Like, she sees Barb as a role model, but she's not ready to totally be a Barb yet. That's a little too mature for Margie. So, episode one of Big Love is aptly titled Pilot. So, it opens on a sleeping couple You see the man wake up. He kind of sits at the side of the bed, and he's thinking about the night before when he was with a blonde woman. You get little snippets. He remembers a look of disappointment on her face. And then he shakes it off, and he turns and leaves a $100 bill on the nightstand. Eek, that's classy. Um, As he leaves, he walks out to his SUV on the curb, and there is a young girl knocking on the neighbor's window. He looks up at her, and she wags her finger at him if to just say, shame, shame. He, you know, kind of half waves to her, gets in the SUV, and drives off. We then see a frazzled mom running to get herself and her children out the door, and we see her tell the blonde girl from the window to hurry up that she has to teach today. So as she pulls out of the driveway, we end up next door and we see a young mom who's frazzled trying to corral her two toddlers. So basically domestic bliss, am I right? (laughs) Um, We now get our first look at Home Plus. Remember, this is our big box hardware store. And we see Bill watching a new commercial for his stores. They're opening a new location in Pioneer Plaza. It's very heavy on the Western kind of pioneer type, like visuals and, you know, Bill's calling people cow hands. (laughs) It's very hokey. He seems thrilled with it and is excited about the new store opening. We end back with a disappointed blonde, although she did get $100 on her nightstand, so um, Nikki and she's sitting poolside ordering from a catalog. Remember those days when you had to actually call and order over the phone from a catalog rather than just going online or using an app on your phone? (gasps) Archaic. 
Um, her two boys are in the pool swimming, and as they hear the doorbell ring, the boys know that it's UPS, so they jump out of the pool, and she runs to the front door with them. And as they all clamor under the front porch and start ripping open boxes, um, you see the UPS man shake his head as he walks away like he does this frequently. Again, that's funny because today's day and age, I, you know, I'm sure they probably deliver more boxes now with people ordering online than they ever did back then. And I'm sure there's not much judgment today. <laughs> it's kind of the norm. Um, but it is clear as she opens her newly delivered cowgirl boots, she pulls them out and exclaims and wants the boys to tell her how fabulous they are. You could tell that she is a frequent shopper. And the kids are so into this that getting uh, daily deliveries is nothing new to her. We then revisit our poor little Marjane. Um, after corralling the toddlers, she's now trying on clothing, and you can tell she's frustrated. Her post-baby body is not back to where she wants it to be. Nikki swoops in to save the day. Um, her son carries in a present from her. It's a new stereo, but she warns Margie not to tell anyone that she purchased it, but it's a gift to make her feel better. So we see how immediately how Nikki deals with disappointment and problems and that's by spending. Things can cover up whatever it is that's bothering anyone emotionally. Interesting. We then see Bill as he's driving, checking his voicemail messages on his cell phone. Hello, I had that flip phone back in the early 2000s. <laughs> and I remember being thrilled to death because it could take photos. Um, and like Bill, I also use the earpiece. I love it. Oh, memories. So he's going through his voicemail messages. Um, his family has left him different voicemails throughout the day. And basically, he's kind of catching up on their lives. You know, his son made the basketball team. His daughter needs some food for her lizard. Um, this is like how he keeps up with this large family. Hmm. I guess he's making an effort to kind of be plugged in. I don't know. So Bill finally makes it home. We see him greet each wife, and then they're on to a large family dinner in the backyard. He says the blessing, family dinner commences. And after dinner, as everyone is slowly saying goodnight, you know, heading off to bed, um, as they wander off to their own homes, Bill and Marjean head in for the night. And as they walk away, Nikki whispers to Barb about how Margie is still fixated on losing those last few baby pounds. And Barb just comments that it's very immature of her. Little snarky and judgmental, Barb. I kind of like the snark on you. So Bill and Marjean lay down in bed, and it becomes apparent that Bill is, well, shall we say unable to perform his husbandly duties, which maybe that's good considering Margie is already overwhelmed with two toddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see Bill sitting at the edge of the family swimming pool, apparently deep in thought in the middle of the night. As everyone runs around the next day prepping for their days, we see Nikki and Bill upstairs at Barb's house. And as he's putting on his shoes to get out the door for the day, she begs him for additional money. She's like, oh, isn't there $500 you could slip me? You could tell he's getting annoyed with it. He tells her no, things are tight until the new store gets up and running. He can't give her any more money. He finally leaves exasperated, and she yells to him, well, call me later today so we can discuss this further. 
and there, <laughs> I have to laugh because there is just like sweetness and honey dripping in her voice. And you can tell it's one of the first examples of Nikki and her like ulterior motives. We now see the wives are having their weekly meeting. Um, they all come together. They go over the calendar. They go over bills. Um, they get their money distributed for like their petty cash for households. Um, as they begin going over the calendar, um, and this calendar, just to clarify, is the calendar for where Bill will sleep every night of the week. So apparently he has to like come in, check it out every night to see what bed he'll be sleeping in. Um, he rotates between Barb, Nikki, and Marjean, obviously. Um, and Barb tells Margie, oh, you can have Bill on the 21st because it's your birthday, even though technically in the rotation it's my night but go ahead and pencil yourself in. So Margie thanks her, and Nikki, of course, not one to be left out, chirps up, well, Wayne's birthday is the 17th, and he should be with his father on his birthday. And of course, that would have been one of Margie's nights, but Margie is graceful and gives it to her willingly. Um, Barb then passes out the household cash to each wife. Of course, Nikki takes issue with the fact that things are always so tight. There's always Nikki complaining about the lack of funds. It's her constant refrain. Hmm. We then see Bill in the office with his partner, Don. They are signing paperwork for the new Home Plus franchise store. Don't forget, that's opening in Pioneer Plaza. And it's an interesting shot because in this conference room where they're signing this paperwork, um... Bill and Don are sitting side by side. Their backs are to a huge window with a panoramic shot of Salt Lake City. And what is the most prominent thing in this shot but the huge white uh, Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. So it's always that reminder of Mormonism to which Bill is kind of right on the periphery because he's not, you know, totally in. He's not totally out either. So... Just as he signs the paperwork, Bill's cell phone starts ringing. And it is his sister-in-law informing him that his father is ill on the compound. Wanda, the sister-in-law, is in a phone booth making the call. She is dressed like she is straight off the set of Little House on the Prairie. I do not mean Nellie Olson, Little House on the Prairie, starched lace, pinafores. I don't even mean... Laura, Mary, and Carrie running through the fields with their little sunbonnets dragging behind them and Carrie falling on her face. No, 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 no. I mean the orphan kids begging on the streets of Mankato with dirt streaked on their faces. Wow. Interesting, the comparison between signing paperwork for Home Plus with the Mormon temple in the background and how pristine and clean everything is. And now we see a phone call coming from the compound with someone dressed like they are straight off the prairie. Interesting juxtaposition. We then go back to our friend Nikki, who's sitting on the edge of her bed, again with the catalogs. I would hate to be her mailman. Spread everywhere. 
and she's giving numerous credit card numbers to the operator until she eventually finds a card to charge $3,696 to for new draperies. After she finishes the call, she hangs up the phone, and she starts to cry. This is the first sign that Nikki is really shopping to cover up something deeper. It's the first time we see a chink in her armor. I think the question is, will it be the last? She's pretty steely. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, back to poor Bill. Bill is now in his office using a primitive form of Google. But what is Bill Googling? Herbal Viagra. Yes, friends, someone cannot just go to his GP and say, hey, I'm having some issues. No, he wants to buy herbal Viagra on the sly off of the internet. Okay, Bill, sure. (laughs) That night, we see him shower and he joins Barb in bed. She's watching a news piece on Bill's new store opening and she comments on how he doesn't usually wear pajamas when he is spending a night with her, yet here he is in pajamas tonight. As she attempts to cuddle up to him, he tells her that she needs to sign over his paycheck to him to add to the family account. Barb is offended, as she should be, because she's feeling that he told her rather than asked her, and she astutely assumes that Nikki put Bill up to asking. You could tell he's a little annoyed because he knows Barb is on to him. He tells her, just do as he asks, And she corrects him and says, what you really mean is do as you say. So Bill is awakened now in the middle of the night by a phone call from his brother, Joey, who is Wanda's husband. Just like his wife, Wanda, he's calling from a phone booth, tells Bill that their dad is in a lot of pain, needs to see a doctor, but everyone there is against it. Bill finally relents and says, fine, I'll be at the compound the next morning after 10. The next morning, we see Barb complaining to her daughter, Sarah, about false prophets, old men preying on young girls, and tells her daughter to help Nikki and Margie with the kids. We see Nikki is going along for the trip and is browbeating Barb on how all she does when they're at the compound is scowl and make it hard on everyone. Seems like Nikki's trying to make a ploy here for being the good wife. I think she really tries to play up the fact that she and Bill grew up on the compound. It's something that they share that he doesn't share with any other wife. And she understands and, like, they're my people. So we see an interesting power play when Barb walks right past Nikki and jumps in the front passenger seat. (laughs) So Nikki, a little shocked, sits in the back seat, but she sits right in the middle and goes forward between the seats takes control of the radio and says, oh, I think this trip needs a little Lynn Anderson. Now, Lynn Anderson was a country singer. Um, She, I guess, had a string of hits from the late 60s to the 80s. Um, Apparently, her worldwide crossover hit was Rose Garden in 1970. I guess she had a lot of exposure on television 
and it helped her to become one of country music's first female superstars in the early 70s. Um, I will link to some information in the show notes about Lynn Anderson. Um, As they near the compound, of course, singing Lynn Anderson songs all the way, we see Nikki start to straighten up a little bit. She buttons the top button on her blouse. Um, The only wife who exclusively wears skirts, we always see her, like I said, in the ankle-length denim skirts, a long-sleeve blouse, cowgirl boots, and now we even button up that top button when we hit the compound. Interesting. They stop at the gas station that Bill's mother, Lois, comes out to greet everyone. Um, Bill and Barb head into the house and are surprised to see his father laying on the floor. And he says, don't let me die. Lois continues to talk and chat about how Bill's father, Frank, fell off the couch. She couldn't lift him. She's kind of very matter-of-fact and frank about it, like, well, that's just the way it is. Bill gets upset, says he needs a doctor, and Lois says, absolutely not. Tests and more tests will never get him out of there. We then see Sarah at her fast food job at Deb's Drive-In. Now, remember, Sarah is the second child, eldest daughter of Bill and his first wife, Barb. Sarah looks to be about 16. She's working at Deb's Drive-In, which is a fast food place, where the other girls have nicknamed her Pliggy, which is a term of endearment for the polygamous girl, quote-unquote. Um, We also meet the new girl, who is a hardcore Mormon girl, who, on her first day, states, I think chastity takes courage. Of course, the other girls, not Sarah, but the other workers, kind of make fun of her behind her back a little bit, and the girls joke about how Sarah has three mommies, much to Sarah's chagrin. We then see our poor Marjean, who's struggling with her own toddlers. Now she also has Nikki's two young boys, who... Can I tell you, these kids are extremely gregarious. It seems like they have no boundaries, and Nikki just lets them kind of run everywhere and do whatever they want. Um, Poor Margie gets the call from Nikki that they're staying at the compound overnight, um, and she's going to need to take care of Nikki's kids until the next day. Poor Margie looks so frazzled. Um, Nikki then announces that she's going up the road to stay with her parents, and warns Bill, you better visit my father while he, you are here and pay your respects. We then see a large Hummer SUV rolling down a dirt road. And as we peer inside, we see a young girl, maybe 12 or so, again, in the prairie attire. But clean prairie attire this time. She's Laura Mary Ingalls when they're dressed for church. And a very elderly man. Um, she does a slight cough, and he asks her how she feels and takes her hand. She assures him she's fine, and they continue on to the Henriksen home on the compound to visit Bill's ailing father. Roman Grant, the prophet and Nikki's father, once he arrives at the Henriksen home, greets everyone and then brags about how the compound is growing by leaps and bounds and over 4,000 attended services last week, he says. A little bit of a brag. I guess I can see that from someone who hails himself as the prophet. We then go back to our poor Sarah at work. She's finishing up. You can tell they're doing a cleanup at the end of the night, and she's paired with Heather, the new girl, our, quote, perfect Mormon girl. 
And wow, (laughs) Heather just kind of gets right in there. Like she has a little mental Rolodex of questions. Um, So she starts to slowly interrogate Sarah about her life and beliefs. What ward are you in, innocent look? Are you inactive? Cue the innocent look. Really intrusive questions, but Sarah just keeps kind of slowly answering these questions and trying not to say too much or show her hand, and Heather keeps going through the Rolodex. Um, She finally then says, Oh, Sarah, you should give me your number so we can hang out next week. There's something about this that has the, you know, kind of the ring of, I want to get you back in the church so you can be a good Mormon girl like me. And then Heather drops the bomb. She reveals that her dad is a state trooper. Oh, cool. You can see poor Sarah's face. (laughs) Just the sort of friend a polygamist kid needs since her parents are technically living in sin and it's illegal. Sure, be friends with a state trooper's kid. What could go wrong? So remember our young 12-year-old prairie friend from the Hummer? We find out her name is Rhonda. We see her talking to Barb and asking about Sarah. And then she tells Barb she is now, quote, married to the prophet. Barb is horrified and says, oh, Rhonda, no. We get the impression that Miss Rhonda likes her status as the resident queen of Sheba. And I really think she liked the reaction that she got from Barb. Miss Rhonda likes to cause a stir and ruffle some feathers. She's uh, a tad bit interesting. We didn't see Nikki at her parents' house, don't forget the home of the prophet, talking to her mother and complaining about how Margie is from some little hick town in Colorado. Everything is so superficial. She doesn't want to go back. And her mom tells her, hey, buck up. You need to live the life that God chose for you. Uh, okay. (laughs) Bill's father, we finally see, is hospitalized. His wife, Lois, comes in upset that Bill has taken him in. She wants to take him home right now. She's, you could say, extremely agitated. Bill tells her he has arsenic poisoning, he's not going anywhere, and he's staying in the hospital to be treated. As they finally head towards home in the car, Barb states how the compound is such a nightmare. Rhonda's, what, 14, 15, and she's married to the prophet. Poor Joey, Bill's brother, is trying to stay clean in the middle of all this craziness. So I guess Joey maybe has had a drug problem in the past. Bill says that she just needs to leave them be, let them live their lives. He again revisits Barb's payroll check. And after he drops Barb off at home, he heads for the store. Sitting in his office, Bill starts to contemplate how his dad could have gotten arsenic poisoning. He talks to his mother, who reminds him they are sealed as a family, and he cannot just waltz in and out of her life. She reminds him to remember where he came from and who he is. Barb finds a tearful Margine listening to loud rock music, and poor Margie breaks down, stating that she cannot measure up to Barb. And Barb assures her that she does not need to measure up to her, that everyone is there by choice, and Margie just needs to be herself and find her place in the family. Margie says she's trapped and she's a crummy mother. Nikki then joins and echoes the sentiment and 
says that it's not easy and we're all left feeling like they're saying being a mother is not easy, but also being a plural wife is not easy and much is expected. We then see poor Bill met in a dark parking lot by Nikki's father, Roman Grant, and Roman's son, Albie. Um, Roman informs him that he is entitled to 15% of this new store, just as he is entitled to the 15% of the first Home Plus store. Bill disagrees, tells him he will continue to get the 15% from the first store, but the second store he has no claim to. And then Bill walks away into the night. We then see all of the pomp and circumstance on display for the opening of the new store, Pioneer Plaza store, the next morning. We see Bill make eye contact and smile at each of his wives in the crowd. But of course, only one is up on the dais with him who is able to be publicly acknowledged as his wife, which is Barb. That night, we see him pop Viagra before heading to bed with Barb. And then as he goes to bed, he finds her signed paycheck on his pillow, to which she informs him it is because she wanted to give him the paycheck, not because he asked. He then tries to cuddle up with her, and she rebuffs his advances, telling him she needs sleep. As we see the screen fade to black, he says to Barb, I think my mom is trying to poison my dad. Is this where we cue the ominous music? (laughs) There is also an epilogue on the screen that gives us a few interesting statistics. It reads, according to a joint report issued by the Utah and Arizona Attorney General's offices in July of 2005, approximately 20,000 to 40,000 or more people currently practice polygamy in the United States. The Mormon Church officially banned the practice of polygamy in 1890. So, just to do a quick drama recap, we have Bill, um, his first wife, Barb. She is the type A, Barb gets stuff done, she teaches, she can be a little on the snippy side. Then we have Nikki. Nikki, it seems like, is shopping to deal with her feelings. Hmm, that's not going to come back to bite her. Um, and we could tell she tries to find ways to be presented as the good wife. Margie is not able to deal with everything that's expected of her in dealing with her children, and the poor thing seems like she's going to crack. So far, we've seen Bill's eldest daughter, Sarah, seems to be having some issues with being a child of polygamy. Um, That cannot be easy for her. Um, And there's some tensions with all of the family members that live on the compounds, uh, on the compound, and their expectations. So, join me um, as we continue to follow the Henriksons in their journey. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of drama in this one. I am here for it. (laughs) Um, If you have any suggestions, subconstructive criticism, maybe some other shows or movies that I need to be reviewing, um, feel free to email Email is retrocinemareview at gmail. Um, find us on Twitter at Retro Cinema Review, and we will see you next time. <laughs>